Welcome to Hashing It Out, a podcast where we talk to the tech innovators behind blockchain infrastructure and decentralized networks. We dive into the weeds to get at why and how people build this technology and the problems they face along the way. Come listen and learn from the best in the business so you can join their ranks. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hashing it out. I'm your host, Dr. Corey Petty. Colin is the other host. Say hello, everybody, Colin. Hello, everybody, Colin. Yeah. Simple, yeah. effective. Effective. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk to CypherCore. We have Ken and Jay with us. Um, why don't you all start by introducing yourselves and letting us know how you got into the space. Jay, you first. Yeah, so um, my name's Jay. Um, by day, I'm the uh, CTO at Edulus. We're a blockchain platform. Oh, sorry, we're a education system on blockchain. And by night, I'm, I'm the uh, founder and CTO at CypherCore. So um, CypherCore is a um, staking service provider founded in 2017 in Silicon Valley. Starting out, it was just me and Ken. And later on, we brought on Art as the lead dev and Jason as the advisor. And Leon and Andy as the writers. Um, by the way, we have our detailed uh, individual bio on our site, so feel free to check it out. Um, so we sort of got into this proof of stake validation service um, business after uh, a meeting I had with Chingo. She was the head of communications at Cosmos at the time. So we sort of shared insights regarding Cosmos ambitions and you know technical details. From there, we decided to join their testnet. Uh, and ultimately, we realized how huge uh, staking was set out to be with potential use cases such as, you know, DeFi, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we participated in Game of Stakes. It's, you know, basically an incentivized battle of nodes. And we were awarded with some tokens for solid performance, I guess. And over time, we just opened up um, our staking service to more platforms such as uh, Wangchain, Arisnet, Lino Network. Uh, and here we are today. Ken, what about you? Hi, guys. My name is uh, Ken. Um, I started out, well, I'm the CEO of CypherCore. <laughs> um, I started in the blockchain space, I would say, around 2016, um, just more so as a writer. Um, I was an enthusiast throughout, like, my high school days, but uh, that was, like, 2012, 2013. Um, as a kid, you know, you're not really going to take much too seriously. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was able to kind of, like, dive in and out of things, uh, but then really, again, picking it up in 2016 as, like, just doing little writing uh, blogs and then uh, English translation for uh, Cork Chain's white paper, um, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, so that was a good experience initially. Um, after that, uh, I was contacted by Jay about CypherCore. Um, and then we kind of just picked up things from there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the backstory as far as like how I got involved with uh, the blockchain space and whatnot. It's kind of interesting because it's, it seems as though most of the staking service, services as it exists now or staking platforms or blockchain systems that require staking are more like traditional uh, PBFT staking mechanisms. Um, 
And like, what what is what is the like the business case for running staking services for these type of networks? Um. Yeah. Um. I have this analogy I really like, but you know, some don't. So it's pretty similar to you know banks. You put your money in you know banks, and you earn, you earn interest, and then it's the same thing with staking. You know, you put your um coins in our hands, but not. Not quite, because we don't actually uh, have access to your coins, but you sort of just bond your coins with us, and then you earn interest. And it it um, so and right now I think you're looking at about 10% um, staking return percentage in Cosmos, maybe a little bit more than that. So you know it's definitely a lot higher than you know what bank gives you. So there's definitely you know incentive in in that. What about for you guys? Like, how do y'all, how do y'all, how do y'all divvy that out? How do you decide how to do it? How do, what's the infrastructure like for providing these types of services? Yeah. So, um, infrastructure. So we designed our infrastructure based on, uh, you know, many different ways you can attack a node. Um, so there are a number of different ways you can do it. Um, with the most obvious one being, you know, DDoS attacks. Um, so. <clears throat> Tendermint being an entirely deterministic consensus protocol, it allows a node to be targeted uh, for DDoS attacks where um, the node's IP address and its REST API port becomes vulnerable. So what typically happens next is that um, the communication between nodes can be halted and it ultimately leads to blocks not being committed. So to mitigate this very problem, um, many of us, you know, many of us, um, Cosmos validators implement a what we call sentry node architecture. It's essentially um, an infrastructure designed for DDoS attack mitigation. So the whole idea is that while you have your validator node or nodes in a data center, you also deploy multiple distributed nodes, you know, the sentry nodes in a cloud environment. So if your validator node did get attacked, your sentry nodes could be, you know, quickly set up and integrated into the transaction flow. It sort of just diverges um, the transactions um, going into the validator node or nodes. So not only does this help with scaling, it also um, makes makes it harder to make an impact on the validator node. Um, and on top of that. We also um, implemented techniques that prevent keys from being compromised, help secure the trusted links between nodes, and um, last but not least, um, you know, techniques that help us stay on top of the security patches in Tendermint as well as in Cosmos SDK. So yeah, that's pretty much it. What 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 I guess worries me, um, because that makes a lot of sense yeah. in terms of yeah um, a a kind of a, a staking system that doesn't have a tremendous amount of stakers in the network. Um, as as the network grows and the number of participants grow, uh, the the number of validators doesn't really grow. But the, so what ends up happening is you have um, the same amount of validators just getting bonded to more and more often, similar to what your services you, are. You 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 know what you're absolutely right. So you know what I thought we could talk about you know you know how profitable or sustainable this staking business really is, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right there. So if you look at Cosmos, right, right now you're looking at about 35, 34 
validators that are charging a commission of 10%. And the current price of Atom is, I believe, $3.11 or something like that. And the staking return percentage for now, per year, is around 10%. So imagine you have a small team like us, okay, um, two developers, one UI UX person, one marketing person, and one operation person. Such a team needs at least 300K in revenue per year. That's extremely low in the Bay, but you know, just hypothetically speaking, right? So 300K revenue per year, that translates to roughly $30 million worth of add-in dedicated to your validator. So in tokens, that's roughly, I believe, um, 9.6 million atoms if you run it down. So if you look at the weight distribution in the current validator set in Cosmos, only the top four validators actually meet the minimum requirement, four out of the 100, okay? Um, so of course, this is just estimate, you know, guesstimate, not science. And the higher the price, I mean, the higher the token price, the more profitable it's gonna be for the validators. Um, or you can simply just raise your you know, commission rate. But you know, just for the sake of this discussion, let's say you raise your commission rate from 10% to 20%. And we're sticking to the 300K uh, revenue estimate and the 10% staking return percentage. So you would need roughly 4.8 million atoms staked to your validator. That unfortunately only includes top nine validators at the current token price, not even the 10th. Um, so, you know, and finally to make, so to make half of the 100 validators profitable in this particular scenario, you would need the price of Adam to be $20 while charging a 20% commission. That's a lot, a lot higher than what we're seeing today. So, you know, so by now you probably already figured out that we at Cypher Core currently ranked at number 70. We would be losing money running the business if we had no other uh, revenue streams. So it's, you know, it's definitely not an easy business. Um, getting, the, getting the commission and rewards from your nodes alone is definitely not enough to cover your operational cost. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and, turn, and, and and when I look at even other staking, is it you think it's going to be better for staking systems like F two point where you have a lot more stakers and they're more, I'd say, individualized? Um, I think it depends. Get, just you know, give you an example. Um, Wangchain, uh, their galaxy consensus mechanism, uh, it's entirely randomized. Maybe not entirely, but you know, much better. Not better, you know. Sorry, just different. Um, protocol. So in Wangcheng, you know, say you have validators, validator A and a validator B, A holding a thousand uh, coins and B holding 100k coins. Over the, um, long term, these two guys will be getting roughly the same amount of rewards or return um, because the protocol is randomized. So um, the possibility of you getting selected as the, as a block producer is you know roughly the same long term for anybody, but uh, in Cosmos you know in a deterministic consensus protocol like Tendermint, you do have that you know the rich tends to get richer that problem and uh, you know we as the smaller fish in the sea 
uh, we definitely suffer from that. Um, you know, we do a lot of things, you know, we do publication, we do um, side projects, you know, open source, what I call community projects um, to, you know, to generate, you know, whether it's cloud or, you know, just to generate revenue. And we also do, uh, you know, contracted works, um, you know, development, and uh, we do consulting too. You know, we, you know, you definitely have to just to explore and um, generate other revenue streams. Otherwise, I think a lot of these, you know, smaller guys um, would be out of business um, soon, you know. And by the way, you know, the bigger guys such as Coinbase is coming in too. So, you know, the uh, exchanges. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, so it's, um, it's, it's tough. Brought up, brought up to me recently. I, I, I don't know much about Tendermint's uh, Sla uh, sorry, no, it's a staking mechanism. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I was told it's actually kind of shockingly similar to what we're developing at, at the company I work for. Um, oh, yeah? And yeah, we independently have a lot of similarities. Um, mm -hmm. They're not the same, but, you know, uh, one thing we're trying to avoid is the idea of, like, staking hyperinflation in and people just being able to, like, constantly accumulate. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little more about like what's going on with the Tendermint ecosystem, the staking, and the rich get richer problem you brought up earlier. Yeah, um, you know, um, the staking. So, inf so the inflation, as you can see, as two ways, right? You, um, the most. So, as a validator, that's really what generates the um, the uh, rewards and the commissions for us. And it's crucial, definitely, in the ecosystem. Um, it, 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 it sort of functions as, you know, the mechanism to incentivize all the delegators and the validators. It drives the whole ecosystem. Um, I, so the rich get richer problem. Um, I, so I haven't seen a solution just yet. You know, I've been studying different consensus protocols through, throughout the years. Um, I don't think there's solutions just yet, but I think to mitigate this problem, um, a solution I like, or you know, a protocol I like is Harmony, where they have this sort of they, they have this uh, regulation um, like type of mechanism where if you stake too much, you get punished. And the for smaller guys, if you stake not like too much, but uh, the protocol sort of they uh, it bumps you up, so you have this so, sort of regulated zone that to keep the staking weight distribution sort of balanced. Um, I'm not an expert in that, but I do think it's you know a slightly better solution to prevent you know the problem you just mentioned. Uh, in Tendermint, uh, I've seen actually um, projects attempting to make Tendermint entirely um, randomized. You, um, I think there's this product, sorry, project out of Korea. Uh, they're working on in, um, sort of integrating the, uh, um, I believe it was VDF. Um, I think they borrowed the concept from Algorand and they wanted to sort of incorporate, uh, incorporate that into Tendermint. And, and um, I'm also uh, in talk with this project called Staybox, not in talk, but you know, um, um, I'm a good friends with their founder. So they're working on something really interesting. 
they are working on um, sort of utilizing the, um, I believe there was this competition at Amazon there. I think they're designing um, some type of chips to make different consensus protocols entirely uh, randomized. So uh, that would solve a problem where, you know, these days the most consensus protocols are written by software developers, assuming how the hardware works, right? Um, so uh, oftentimes when you simulate your algorithms on the chip, it's not really computationally critical. Um, so, you know, I definitely see different attempts in this field. Um, but just on Tendermint, I think this specific problem, I wouldn't even call it an issue. I think it was a trade-off they made. Um, you know, it's very much a very simplified traditional PBFT model. Um, the, key, the key concept uh, in tandem is it simplifies the view change step, you know, during the protocol. Um, I'm sure you have more, you know, you're probably, um, you know, better, you know, expert no, than no, I no. am. Not at show. all. So, I'm, um, I'm just getting up to speed on that personally. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and, 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 and uh, you know, you have other, you know, many protocols, you know, you have a Casper, you have all the other ones. And, you know, Casper is in many ways the the exact opposite to Tendermint. Uh, in Tendermint, we favor um, safety over liveness and Casper is the exact opposite. They favor uh, availability over, you know, uh, uh, safety. So they think that in Tendermint, um, it's a huge problem where if at if at any given checkpoint, you know, if less than two thirds of the votes are received, the chain can stop temporarily, can halt. Um, it could be a problem. You know, it has happened in before, I believe. Uh, I believe it halted um, an exchange um, in the past. You know, it, you know, it 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 could be a problem. But you know, like I said, it's more of a trade off rather than a you know flaw. In my like opinion, the actual the actual chain will stop making progress until all votes yeah, are until so it will go to you know different uh, rounds or steps until enough votes are received yeah it's um kind of a trade-off so i'm kind of curious like the uh infrastructure costs that you mentioned earlier yeah um you know i will give you just one example you will understand the power strip we use just one power strip is six hundred dollars yeah, so like that that limits the availability of people who can who can participate in this type of thing to you are, businesses. You are you are yeah, you're absolutely right there. It it gets expensive. You know, I live in Mountain View, right? I live within two miles from Google headquarters. I pay a lot of rent, but my server costs are <laughs> way more than that. Way more than what I'm paying in rent. So, what is the so I actually don't understand why you need that much like power to do staking. That's kind of like the advertised benefit of staking, right? You don't need to maintain. You're absolutely right. And especially in BFT based notes, uh, BFT based protocols, you're absolutely right. You know, the availability is not a huge issue. Um, you know, by the way, I'm looking at the dashboard I, we have for Cosmos, Arisnet, or whatever, you know, all the tenement-based chains. 
if you look at the CPU usage, it's constantly below like 10%, maybe 15% max. And we're using maybe a top of the line, you know, hardwares. We don't need that much power. And it's definitely an overkill for now. But you're seeing more and more projects that sort of require the top of line hardware. I We recently joined uh, this project, Lino uh, Network. Uh, they're based on Tendermint as well. They're actually one of the early adopters of Tendermint. Uh, while I was compiling, you know, the node and everything, um, I would get panic errors. Uh, it turned out that you would need at least 32 gigabytes of RAM available at all times just to, you know, compile the node, uh, which which really hit me as a surprise because for when I started out for Cosmos or Arisna, you know, the early projects. 16 gigabytes was the recommended, recommend, uh, you know, um, configuration for your servers. But now, you know, you're looking at 32, um, and you know, a ton of disk space. You know, it gets filled up really quickly, um, and um, you know. But to answer your question, do we need to? No, but you sort of. It's just a thing that you might as well do it in the beginning, so and it saves you trouble later on migrate sure. your infrastructure, right? It's also the it's an aspect of like redundancy. So like if one of your machines goes offline, you don't be penalized and the proof of stake algorithms that will that will that will punish you for yeah. not being available. Yeah. Just just on that topic, I sort of want to touch on this uh, another sort of um, um, topic. So um, you, I think most of the validators, they just run a single validator setup, but we don't. We actually want two validator setups. So one is actively signing, one is on standby. Uh, and then we implemented our own, um, we implemented Raft. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of it. Yep. You know, a really simple consensus mechanism. And Docker actually implements that. <laughs> so we implemented Raft between our two validator nodes. So at any given time, only one node would be signing. But if that node got you know taken down or something happened to it the other node you know comes in and you know basically took it over and you know that's just extra cost but you know um as you climb up the ladder you know with more stake in your um, validator you it's just it becomes a must to invest you know a huge amount of money in infrastructure and um apparently nowadays um when when you know the investors and the delegators, when they do their due diligence, um, the security of your infrastructure is probably the number one thing that they look into. You know, there's some I've had people asking me for a security report on my infrastructure. Um, I didn't I didn't disclose it, but you know I thought that was interesting because you know I didn't know people would value oh, yeah. security that much, right? Oh yeah. I mean they should. I I just had no idea they would, you know, go Especially that far. If, I don't know. That might be that 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 carries over from a traditional security infrastructure. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. just one of those situations where, like, if most of the times in traditional web security, you're assuming that those nodes and in your infrastructure is holding valuable personal data, PII of, of of things. More often than not, in these staking mechanisms, the only thing that's valuable inside the node, really is just the keys that that need to sign things and how you how well you secure those you're not really holding yeah. uh, more often than not you're not holding pii of anybody's customer information anything like that 
Um, but yeah. access to those things and access to those keys could be, could be incredibly detrimental if that's not done properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so in Cosmos, the worst thing that could happen to your validator nodes, you know, is of course your node got attacked and uh, somehow, you know, the hacker got access to your keys and stuff. Um, you would you would only lose your coins in your own accounts, you know, or account, um, but they could make you double sign, where which can lead to uh, you getting slashed, you know. But it, that way, your delegates will lose stake. But you know, technically, we're not. We don't have access to your coins. You know, I want to make it clear that your coins are not in our custody if you stake, you know, with us. Yeah. Um, we yeah yeah. It's just um because different protocols have different you know implementations. We've had uh, I've had this project um which I joined two years ago. Uh, they they store your private key in a configuration file and just. They just left it like that. <laughs> um, Hurts me so. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and 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 I could, we have this Telegram bot um, in our Telegram channel. You could actually um, um, sort of fetch that information through 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 like you know APIs and stuff. It was just it was a disaster. And uh, to make it worse, I was talking to Ken about it yesterday. Uh, we I joined this project two years ago, and today. I've made a gross revenue of $29, $29. exactly $29. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty Yeah, cool. so, you know, um, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, that, it's a tough that's, business. That's after overhead though, right? So you are making money. <laughs> Is that correct? No, 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 that, that's, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's shit, just, you lost money on this. $29 yeah. as, as, yes. Oh, crazy, yeah. crazy. Fuck. Yeah. So what yeah, do you? It's not, okay. it's not our portfolio. It, it's just uh, one of the side projects that he was working. Yeah, on. yeah. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to get that cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so where do you see where do you see this going? Because it it seems as though at least under current proof of stake systems, um, everyday Joes aren't going to be participating very much because of the infrastructure costs and and know how of running a lot of this stuff like safely available like available and secure. Um, how do you see like proof of stake networks growing uh, more and more? Is it just going to be a bunch of businesses, or is it is it going to be okay? Yeah, democratized to actual so, people being able to do this at home. Like I can do it, but I I yeah. have more know how on this stuff than most people. Yeah, you definitely can. Uh, as a matter of fact, we started out running uh, a Cosmos node on my Raspberry Pi. You know, in my um, just right next to me. Um, unfortunately, I believe after a few builds, uh, they stopped um, supporting ARM um, ARM um, architecture, so we couldn't do that. But um, you know, so long term, I think staking service, you know, like us, we will not we would not be sustainable if you didn't have any other revenue streams, uh, it's just not going to be possible, especially with the more and more projects, like I said, going fully randomized, right? So um, you have more people joining in and, you know, you only have that much of a pot and you have to divide it with so many people. Um, and uh, I don't think the staking rewards are meant to be, um, you know, making your business 
sustainable, you have to sort of develop your own business strategies and all that to make yourself profitable and sustainable. Um, uh, so, you know, that's just my take on it. Uh, we're actively seeking other means, you know, we, 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 we were looking for funding. We were looking for other, you know, ways just to, um, get a revenue, you know, uh, we're only, so practically, you know, Cypher Core is not, you know, as many others, we're not funded. Everything we do is out of our own pockets, you know, um, we definitely enjoy that. You know, we don't have a boss that tells us what to do and what not to do, um, you know, but what sucks about it is we just don't have the capital to, you know, sort of maneuver this space as, uh, you know, as, as, you know, as we, you know, as we would like, but, you know, overall, we're pretty comfortable with where we're today, but that's not to say we won't be, you know, you know, continue to work hard and, you know, expand the business, but yeah, um, I see yeah, so most staking companies sort of develop into this, um, you know, I try to think. Yeah, I think I was cutting out there. Yeah. Yeah, you cut out. Okay. Yeah, so just kind of going to hit on what Jay was saying. I think right now, yeah. um, being that we're such an like an experiment. Oh, excuse me, experimental phase um, with the staking space. Um, all these projects are so young. You know, a lot of the uh, the projects don't have a lot of value to them as far as like their token and like the return on interest, things of that mm -hmm. stuff like that. So um, I'm seeing kind of staking service providers enter the space initially just to really get that brand going, you know, like, Hey, you want to be a staking service provider, um, you know, just to kind of get things recognized in the space and then kind of branch out and like, cause we're seeing people like, well, Hey, now, now we want to build like a, a Dex or we want to start uh, being consultants or we want to do this. And it, it's just, it's more so of a, kind of getting your foot in the space to kind of build that brand uh, essentially for later ambitions. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I maybe in the long term, you might see some people just like solely focused on staking. But I think right now, like being that we're so young in the space, I mean, I, I don't see it being very profitable um, at this pace, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, long term, I, I definitely think it's a good way to kind of get things going if your interest is in the proof of stake space. So it's um, kind of funny you, you put it that way because I see it almost similar to what mining was back in the day. Like it wasn't yeah, that yeah. profitable from a home experience, but you gained a lot of know-how in the process of, of doing it. You learned how things worked. You then figured out where other business opportunities could be. It's it's almost like advanced hodling because yeah, not yeah, only exactly. are you like accumulating money or accumulating whatever uh, network's token you're, you're doing, um, which could potentially be profitable later on down the line, assuming that that, um, like that, that, I guess the popularity of the token rises and the value rises with it, but you get a tremendous amount of know-how. And at the same time, you signal that you're interested in this coin or participating in that network and helping it thrive. But like doing the thing alone probably isn't going to sustain you unless you're one of the top big time players, at least how things are currently implemented. And that seems to be yeah, what, what you've what you've both set out set out. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's it's pretty cool because, you know, coming into this, I wasn't really the most technical. I didn't come from a technical background, um, but being able to work with Jay on this and kind of learn things as we go, um, I've been able to, you know, expand my own knowledge base like tenfold, um, kind of get things going on. And it's just, it's exciting to constantly be learning, um, you know, what these projects are doing, you know, how they can be implemented later on in the future. And um, yeah, it's just, a, like I said, it, it's a great opportunity to initially build out that business interest. Yeah, uh, just to add to that, um, you know, the infrastructure costs is more than just your nodes. Um, for example, when we do, um, when we developed, when we, um, we were, when we were developing our you know, uh, Chorus Explorer, we had to keep the service running just for, you know, the backend database and then, you know, the front end, the client, and you have to keep the, the node running just for the Explorer. And on top of that, we also develop other projects, you know, um, uh, we developed this, um, coin you know a faucet for a region network so you know you have all these you know sort of hidden costs that people don't see you know we have to keep the service running for different purposes it really adds up um though i personally know quite a few validators in the cosmos system that they use extremely cheap you know just cloud you know um you know, those like um What's the word? Um, DigitalOcean droplets, like the little ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Those ones. You can actually get by with those quite comfortably. Right now, <laughs> um, I'm, I, you know, I don't know how long that would last, but you know, you can actually get by and you can earn pretty good money if you charge like you know, say 15, 20% commission with a little bit of you know, um, dedication from the foundation. Um, you know, you can earn pretty good, um, pretty good money. I believe there's one validator in the. Cosmos validators sat that charges a hundred percent commission. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that means, and and, and uh, they, um, I think at one point, you know, I, I was doing the math. They were making thousands of, I think it was like you know, 10, just 000. dollars. Yeah, I mean, a month, yeah, with, a month with mostly delegations from the foundation, not from delegators. Uh, but you know that's good money because they charge a hundred percent. They don't they don't share the pie. Yeah, that only works. Uh, they when do, the Network is small. But though. they they have yeah. a really interesting um, like way of doing things. They they do this thing called rebate. So if you dedicate to them at the end of each month, they have this like they, this like automated thing that uh, sort of kicks you back, um, like you know. A certain percentage like the more you stay with them the higher percentage it is you know but i yeah. i i don't exactly know how that works but i thought that was in, like it was a really interesting marketing uh, strategy but you know a hundred percent um commission it was just you know something else but you know it, it also it also makes you stand out amongst you know all the validators with most of the validators charging 10 percent. some even you know some people charge zero percent they take nothing they only take the they take the rewards but they don't take um, the commission so that makes you wonder you know how is it how could it be profitable for those people right if they take none just they only take the the, the uh, rewards which is very minimum you know yeah, compared to like all it's for signaling purposes i'd imagine yeah, yeah if, and as a matter of fact uh, the <laughs> biggest validator in cosmos you can look it up i'm not going to disclose the name they were running a zero percent commission for the longest time and uh, you know it caused a lot of drama discussions 
in the ecosystem, but somehow their delegation count only went up. So they had to be doing something right, right? Um, so, you know, yeah, there's a lot of what I call social engineering behind this. It's way more than just doing what people can see. It's more, more so, you know, what people can't see, but, you know, that influences people yeah. too. And, and yeah. it, it really, it really sucks too, because, you know, um, from a, like a, I would say community perspective, you see these people, like they see something that's 0% and, uh, you know, they don't know what the, like, I would say the fair market value of uh, what a delegation commission should be. Um, so when they see that zero yeah. percent, they see our ten percent. I mean, in everyday retail, you know, zero percent and ten percent—that's a huge difference. Um, so they're going to go to zero percent all day long, and it kind of sucks because you know we see these people who were individual uh, staking service providers like kind of fall out because they can't keep up with that type of aggressive marketing. And um, you know, it, it's just it, it sucks because you know as we grow, different staking service providers. Um, also need to kind of come together on identifying what's a, a say a, a palatable commission rate um, for other delegators in the long term. So, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. The staking, hopefully, hopefully we yeah. The staking <laughs> prices are are a market in themselves in the sense that like you have a group of people trying to incentivize the community to bond tokens to you so you can gain more more revenue in the process of doing it and have, I mean, depending on the network, governance power and, and voting. And yeah, exactly. That has like, yeah, if, and um, people play whatever tactics that are possible. It's very similar to mining pools and, and uh, in terms of how they, how you, Oh, you're absolutely out. right. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I'm seeing more projects that that's based on proof of stake, but they require GPUs. That makes me, that really just, doesn't you know sit sit with me that well? Um, it goes back to the mining problem, right? Um, if you're a you know richer guy, you have more you know you definitely can you can acquire more GPUs. It only makes the problem worse, especially long term. Um, um, you know, I, it's 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 I just don't get why people would do that if you're if if you're claiming um, a decentralized you know what we call DeFi. And then you're putting GPUs in the picture. Uh, it just doesn't sit with, sit well with me. And it also limits our ability to expand, you know, our service to other platforms because we you know um, we don't really have a, um, you know, we don't have as big of a capital as you know a lot of this, uh, you know, um, VCs or funds. Um, you know, if so, we couldn't we couldn't join. You know, you know the GPU type of projects, even if we wanted to, because we just don't have the capital. Um, so, like I said, the staking industry is way more than just, um, you know, you know what we said, um, running nodes. And um, I'm actually seeing more projects going the old mining route. You know, talking deals with the bigger guys, and uh, I've personally know. Um, people who are, you know, the bigger names, they got offered a spot, you know, in different projects. So, so how it works is, you know, maybe you don't have to join our test net. We will just give you the coins. Once our, well, you know, once we go main net, you get the coins, you put out a validator, you're good to go, you know? 
So how that so how how is that fair? You know, it's all behind the closed doors. But you know, it's just how people do business. It seems as though that's that's almost one of those situations where, um, as this entire industry has grown, um, and brought on, I guess, more traditional business folk in terms of like it reached a level of legitimacy where. Uh, people from the I've, from the from the rest of the world started signing on to it, and with that came traditional deals and how you do business, and uh, like a lot of the ideology that, that that started this is is waning, I'd say a little bit because like, that like trying to go for equal distribution based on early participation, which is almost the hallmark of Bitcoin or at least the beginnings of Bitcoin, is no longer really the yeah. case. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the validators setting Cosmos. You know the 100 uh, validators ranked by uh, weight. It looked nothing like how it looked way back when I joined. You know, or when it first went live. Um, I couldn't recognize maybe half of the validators. You know, they were just like out of nowhere. But apparently, they were able to get the you know the coins. You know, so yeah, really, if you have the money, you can. You can pull off a lot, a lot of things. Still, you know, we have a long way to go in this yeah. space. I have one atom and it sits on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Are you yeah, worried about cartels yeah. at all? Like, how do you, how do you see that that playing? Uh, out? Cartel, in what sense? In like a civil attack scenario, or you know, in like more of a, uh, you know, the market manipulation. I don't know, denying transactions that should go through, uh, that kind of thing. Are you even worried about that? Oh, you know what? That's such a good point. You know, I wanted to touch on this. So, in Tendermint. You know, back to when I was comparing Casper and Tendermint, right? In Tendermint, right now, you as a validator, sorry, so to so to put it simply, in Tendermint, online validators are are not punished if they if they try to censor the soon to go offline validators. They're not punished for that, but in Casper, they get punished. So yeah, so you you definitely could, you know, attempt to censor other people, you know, to make them not being able to do certain things, um, you know, whether it's transaction not going through and all that, it's, 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 yeah, it's definitely a problem. Uh, that's why earlier I was saying that we do all these things, we call different defense techniques to prevent that happen. You know, you can't really prevent people doing that, but you, what you can do is to, to you know, have a defense mechanism in case that happens. You also have to market to make sure that the community knows that you're not going to, which could be, you know. You know, the social engineering aspect in Cosmos is huge, which I think is good. Uh, you sort of have to be vocal on social media and in, you know, Telegram chats and all that to just get the clout. Sorry, but, you know, for the lack of a better term. Um, but, you know, can probably, you know, knows it better than, than, than I do, we have seen people literally begging for delegation on Twitter, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah it's pretty it's insane. It's just, just crazy, and they ended up ranking higher than we are. But you know, I'm not <laughs> hating, but you you know, it's it's yeah. just you know, just different. It's, it's <laughs> interesting it's things so that a, you see. Yeah. So for like those that don't the, know, go ahead, Ken. Sorry. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, so yeah, when this uh, occasion happened, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I like I love the Cosmos community. It's real open. Oh, I feel yeah. Like everybody, everybody's uh real friendly. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's 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 unlike any other project I've seen in the last five years as far as like a community focus. Yes. Sorry, not to um, interrupt you. Yeah. Go Cosmos ahead. is the most engaging community I've ever seen in any crypto projects. Yes, most. We're in we're in maybe like a twenty plus proof of stake type of projects, many of which are tenement based. So we're like all family, but it's such a different scenario when you go into other people's communities. It's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, when this when this occasion happened that Jay was referring to of uh, this 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 staking provider kind of begging for things, I, I saw things and I was like, oh my God, like this is no way, this is not going to happen. You know, he fell off of the top 100. It's just going to stay that way. Um, but apparently, you know, the community got behind him and, uh, you know, took care of things. And uh, again, that's yeah, he the, got back within hours. Yeah, that's the validator crazy. said. <laughs> and and it, it's cool because, you know, from a community perspective, you see these people who enjoy these certain profiles in a sense. Yeah, um, staying within them. So, like, let's say, for instance, if something were to happen, you know, they, they it's kind of like the community gets behind these certain players. Yeah, we. And, um, yes, sorry, just to add to that, yeah. we have no, we have absolutely no issues with this particular validator or person. It's more so that, you know, it bothered us a little bit how this whole situation, you know, turned out. You know. Yeah, most definitely. It's yeah. just it's it's interesting to see how communities are getting behind each other within the within Cosmos, um, and it's it's which cool is cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, we have we uh, CypherCore has our own community. Um, you know, the other top twenty people have their own community, and it, it's it's nice to kind of see them all intertwined within the Cosmos yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no one thing I will say though is, in the long term of things, I I and I'm not again I'm not too technical on this side of the uh, approach, but um, I am concerned with seeing 30 familiar faces. Um, oh yeah, that was, yeah. I, I uh, think um, Colin earlier calls, brought up a really yeah. good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. You do see a lot of recycled faces in different yeah, projects. It's yeah. all the same people, which uh, is cool. Across but, projects, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's sometimes it's, almost like we're in cosmos again like it's the exact same validator set you know the top guys and then yeah, yeah. and it's not it's not just within tendermint and the cosmos ecosystem. it's not it, it, it's it's across mm. all these protocols and uh you know i was when i was in south yeah. korea i was able to talk to some validators about this and you know it was interesting to see their reaction to like like did you guys not think about that <laughs> is that similar term? to what, yeah. what what you guys are doing i mean is that is that because like they could say the same thing about you is it because because they've yeah, already yeah. gotten all the know-how and expertise and infrastructure they're just like well shit just do all the other ones that are similar yeah yeah, yeah. No, doubt, no doubt yeah and um i think honestly we're not we're not at a, a phase to be too concerned about it but you know as these 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 uh these chains like mature over time um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, it really is um, because at the end of the day, everybody's aiming to be decentralized. But how are you defining decentralization uh, if you all share the same validator set? You know, it's just yeah. Um, you know, I think a point that yeah. people are bringing up a lot. We do not have we. This is a wishy-washy, 
you know, fuzzy word decentralization and there's a lot of different types of categories that we could consider decentralization. And where's the line between simply distributed systems and decentralized systems? And is there a line and is decentral really a word for governance or is it a word for computing? It's a word for all. That's the thing is like, that's that it's an umbrella term that has absolutely a lack of metrics to define where things are and where they aren't. And I think that that language is going to have to improve so that people can make wiser infrastructure decisions when they integrate these systems into their larger enterprise, you know, architectures. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny you say that, Colin, because a couple months back, I heard you throwing that around on the uh, flagship show for the Bitcoin podcast. And uh, ever since then, I'm like, man, that's, that's really interesting approach. You know, like you really can't, really can't throw decentralization without really defining it to a certain aspect mm-hmm. and um and with that being said you know it, it's it, we're, we're so young at a time where we're trying to find out what is really decentralization and what really isn't um but you know it's it, it's funny you know how, how how we kind of uh took that on um and you know on that note we i would, I would say last week we were able to uh write up a little bit about that um within the education system. Uh, so that was, that was pretty fun, you know, trying to understand what decentralization in that, in that, uh, I would say in that space. Yeah. And, and maybe it's yeah. just like the word cool. The word cool is a very generic term. It's an abrupt <laughs> yeah, term exactly. And like, you know, you know, cool when you see it, you know, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. But like, it's also very personal and it has a different, and like what's cool to one person might not be cool to another. Um, and yeah, so like, yeah. maybe, you know, decentralization is like one, like the word cool. And then uh, yeah. I'm not going to go that far. I like the analogy, <laughs> but I'm not going to go that far. It's, 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 hey, you know, what's not cool. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm disagreeing with you. Yeah. See, I have an idea for y'all like, to attract a tremendous amount of uh, people to y'all's, y'all's platform. And if those who don't know, Ken's a, a, an active participant in the Bitcoin podcast Slack. I think about yeah, every yeah. day, he will post a series of memes that, Somehow or another, everyone has has come to rely on. So maybe that's that's your go to oh, strategy you. for getting people to to, to follow y'all. Yeah, yeah, I'd say like definitely. maybe ninety percent of those memes are super cool. About ten percent of them oh. are absolutely disturbing, though, dude. Uh, I, hey, I just copy and paste, guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, most definitely, it's it's pretty fun in the Slack. I definitely uh, love the community you guys have brought up. Uh, and that's kind of what this all is about. You were just talking about this a second ago. Um, a good portion of everything we're trying to do here is build communities and signal to like get people to join those communities and participate. And and staking is, is, as as seems to be what you've told us, absolutely no different here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, You know, it's actually a huge issue, which I call the fragmentation in communication channels in these crypto projects. Um, As a validator, I oftentimes have to jump between maybe like five different chats just for one project. Tell me about it. And then we have have six something projects, right? And uh, oftentimes I would miss like a a really important like upgrade, you know, chain upgrade announcement. And what happens is, you know, I missed that announcement. I, you know, I failed upgrade and we, our node gets slashed. We lose money. Yeah, um, so somebody will will make an announcement. Yeah, it uh, goes via back email to the, and, yeah, yeah, because we don't have so many different a, <laughs> We don't have a you know you know sort of like a community manager to do all that. We do everything. We do everything ourselves. You know, you know. And so they said the margins are already too. pretty thin. It's not like you can afford to to hire someone on. Yeah, you know, we make barely enough to. Uh, <laughs> 
to make us to continue basically yeah and to be honest as a validator as as a human being the more money you make the less you care about decentralization all that just to be honest with you um that's just a fact you know yesterday when i met ken uh the whole time we were maybe talking about commission and all that you know the revenues we were able to generate we didn't talk about decentralization at all it just doesn't come up during your daily conversation um you know i think that that's a good bit of self-awareness that's a good bit of self-awareness for you i appreciate those things come i think those things come in through like the communities that you're involved in it's almost like an emergent ideal that comes from the community that you're a part of not necessarily an individualistic thing yeah and i absolutely hate people talk about decentralization without mm-hmm. any contest you know um ken by the way uh ken and i we both uh, co-authored a what i call you know our best article today you know we talked about <laughs> these we called we talked about decentralization and education provision you know, when you talk about decentralization, you have to talk about it, talk about it with, a, you know, a specific, you know, w- like within a specific, um, you know, um, you know, aspect, and then you can expand on that. You know, it by itself, it really doesn't mean anything. I'll have to add that to the show notes. Um, speaking of which, uh, why don't we? This is probably a good chance to wrap up. How do people uh, get in touch with you guys and learn more? Yeah, I think um, our website, cyphercore.io, is the go-to place. Um, and we have our social links on there. We have our publication links on there. We have our bios on there. Everything on there. Yeah, you can catch me on the Slack. Uh, you know, on Twitter, I'm Kenneth Tweets. This is pretty pretty straightforward. Um, and then <laughs> everything, else is, <laughs> everything else is, you know, reference reference to the website you know i got all personal information there and so does jay so if you ever need to reach out to us we're always available absolutely yeah um you know before we get off i just wanted to say real quick that i definitely admire what you guys do at the status and uh ave labs is that correct yeah cool thanks yeah um uh, yeah colin Corey, at um, labs. Ava. yeah <laughs> colin at ava labs yeah <laughs> yeah i um i've always wanted to study you know the uh snowball wait was it snowball or was it? An, an there's a, there's a couple of them, there, and they're hard to keep track yeah, of. It's, it's a class of consensus mechanisms that kind of build on each other, and you start out with. Uh... Yeah, I actually have uh, you guys uh, believe a technical paper in my e-reader. I just haven't got a chance to read it. Um, and uh, Corey probably Very knew cool. already. Um, yeah, I was playing with you know the key card. Yeah. On my yeah. own. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun. Pretty... It's coming out soon. Um, oh, the, the, yeah. The, what about the, the goal? Ease of use is coming out soon. How how <laughs> is the goal? How is the goal lane uh, SDK going? That's great. I mean, that's that's the main that's the main way to use it right now. Uh, right now, you can also use it inside uh, Nasus Safe, the application on iOS and, and uh, Android. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, V1, which should be coming out um, within a few weeks after the audit. Uh, we'll also have key card integration. So it's just one of those like multi-factor authentications, keys never leave the card. Uh, kind of hopefully an easier way to safely manage crypto uh, without having to like yeah, worry about compromises cool. on phones and roots and stuff like that. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Also, like Ken said, of join course. the Thank Slack. Thank you for having us. And uh, yeah. All right. that, was a, that was a fun conversation, guys. 
All right, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it.